Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Saturday, December 5th, 2020, and this is day 1013 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we adore you and honor you and praise you. I thank you so much for allowing us to wake up this morning to have uh, equipped with the mind of Christ to to be able to go forth and fulfill the purpose that you've given us for today. Uh, Lord, I ask that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I also ask, my Lord, that, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is joy overcomes fools. You know, we encounter a lot of fools out here (laughs) and we cannot allow their foolishness to steal our joy. Uh, We're going to be coming out of 1 Samuel chapter 25 verses 1 through 39 several verses, but they're so impactful and they're so needed. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. First Samuel chapter 25, starting at verse one. And it says, now Samuel died. And Samuel was one of the great prophets. And uh, during the time of David and Saul, and Saul was king, but he was out. David had already been anointed uh, to be king by uh, Samuel, uh, uh, God's instructions. And uh, it was just in time once David would actually take the throne. But for now, Saul was king, but he had done evil before God and God was removing him from the throne. So now it says, now Samuel died and all Israel is assembled and mourned for him. And they buried him at his home in Ramah. Then David moved down into the desert of Paran. A certain man in Maon who had property there at Carmel, was very wealthy. He had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman, but her husband was surly and mean in his dealings. He was a Calebite. While David was in the wilderness, he, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent 10 young men and and said to them, go up to Nabal at Carmel and, and greet him in my name. Say to him, long life to you, good health to you and your household and good health to all that is yours. You know, that's like a very nice hospitality greeting, right? Now, and he also said to his 10 servants to say, now I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, We did not mistreat them, and the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants, and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my men, since we came at a festive time. Uh, We, uh, since we came at a festive time, please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. When David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Nabal answered David's servants, Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? 
Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and and the meat I have slaughtered from my shearers and give it to men coming from who knows where? David's men turned around and went back. When they arrived, they reported every word. David said to his men, each of you strap on your sword. So they did, and David strapped on his as well. About 400 men went up with David, while 200 stayed with the supplies. So David was very angry, and we can see why. Here is Nabal. He was uh, not wanting to even uh, share with David's men or help them after David had watched over his men when when they were uh, in need and fed them, and no harm came to them, none of those things. And now he's saying, I'm not going to do anything for you. So David's furious and his anger seems to have gotten the best of him. So about 400 men went up with David while 200 stayed with the supplies. One of the servants told uh, Abigail, Nabal's wife, David sent messengers from the wilderness to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. This is what the servant is telling Abigail. They did not mistreat us. And the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day, they were all there. They were a wall around us the whole time we were herding our sheep near them. Now, think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five seas of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. That is a very important move there because she already knew how her husband had responded the first time. And I mean, she got with it. She didn't hesitate. She immediately gathered up all this food. And anyway, yeah. So verse 20, as she came riding her, as she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there was David and his men descending toward her and she met them. David had just said, it's been useless all my watching over this fellow's property in the wilderness so that so that nothing of his was missing. He has he has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. So in other words, David was about to slaughter every single person in Nabal's camp, every in his household. Uh, all of his servants, everyone was going to die. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention, my Lord, to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name means fool and folly goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my Lord sent and how uh, my Lord uh, and how my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives uh, and as you live, 
since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands. May your enemies and all who are intent on harming my Lord be like Nabal, uh, like a fool. <laughs> and let this gift, which your servant has brought to my Lord, be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my Lord. And she's talking about David when she says, for my Lord here. Because you fight the Lord's, and she's talking about God's, the Lord's battles. And now wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. Basically, if you carry out this mission, you know, you won't you won't be in good standing with God. Even though someone is pursuing uh, you to take your life, the life of my Lord will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies, he will hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. So she's speaking David's language. <laughs> very smart, a very smart negotiator and a woman uh, led of God, um, letting him know God's going to take care of this and knowing that David used a slingshot to kill Goliath. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or having avenged himself. And when the Lord your God has brought my Lord success, remember your servant. So she's also prophesying to him. She said, when God brings you success, not if, uh, not maybe, but when. And she's also saying to him, once you become king and you're overall Israel, you don't want this burden on your heart. You know, you, you're a man after God's own heart. I mean, basically, and you're you're doing good and you don't want a murder, all these murders on you already. You know, he's already a, a warrior and, and doing lots of uh, having to kill people that that are coming against him. Um, so verse 32, David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male, belonging to Nabal, would have been left alive by daybreak. Then David accepted from her hand what she had brought him and said, go home in peace. I have heard your words and granted your request. She basically de-escalated David. And I mean, she talked to him like no other person in his camp could even do. His men just, they're going to do what he says. They're, they're loaded up. They're ready. But she was able to talk him down through the power of God. Isn't that awesome? When Abigail went to Nabal, he was in the house holding a banquet like that of a king. He was in high spirits and very drunk. So she told him nothing uh, at all until daybreak. Very wise woman. Then in the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him all these things. 
and his heart failed him, and he became like a stone. About 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise be to the Lord who has upheld my cause against Nabal for treating me with contempt. He has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nabal's wrongdoing down on his own head. Basically, he's giving God glory for him not not taking things in his own hands and for God taking care of his enemy. God will take care of our enemies in the way that he chooses. If we keep our hands off of it right now, remember that. And uh, the way we keep our hands off of it is by forgiving the person that's done us wrong and by uh, allowing God to take out the vengeance. If we, we don't forgive, then we're not forgiven. And so we're blocked, basically. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. I talk about this a lot because I know I was in that state of mind before. But but for David to yield and he's glorifying God. And here's what happens. Then David sent word to Abigail, asking her to become his wife. Wow. And so it goes. And so she became his wife. Of course, she accepted, she packed up everything, and she was on the road with David. Now, Abigail's name means joy of the father. Nabal's name meant fool, as we learned earlier. So that's why, the I feel like that's why I've got the name the Lord gave me, joy overcomes fools, or overcomes foolishness. And, and ours would be the joy in the Lord that gives us the strength to do that. Abigail's name meant joy of the father and Nabal's name meant fool, point number one. These two people exemplified their names to the fullest. Just as Abigail took a bold, courageous stand to protect others and herself because of the foolishness of her husband. We too, as believers in God, will be in situations in our lives that we will have to do the same. We will not have to do it alone. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He will give us specific instructions on what to do, just as he did with Abigail. What foolish person has gotten in your way, bringing about calamity and destruction? What has the Lord instructed you to do about it? It's time to move quickly. Trust God, not the ways of the world. Take a stand for what is right, no matter who comes against you. Abigail knew the urgency and seriousness of this situation. It was a matter of life or death. It's your time to make a move. Point number two, because of Abigail's obedience to the Lord, taking a stand for what is right, she saved not only her life, but many others, and including David's reputation and his continued insight, uh, and his continued insight to obey the Lord even when someone does you wrong. We too must allow God to vindicate us. Let him fight our battles, just as David and Abigail were blessed by God for doing so through their obedience. So will you, as you continue to hear God and obey him and obey obeying him and his words. God is no respecter of persons. He will do the same thing for you as he did for David and Abigail. He wants us to trust him and have faith in him 
And and even through the rough times, you know what? I know it may sound crazy or like an oxymoron to say, have joy. Uh, but the Bible teaches us that, you know, um, James talks about that. You know, we're going to go through different trials and tribulations and count it all joy uh, when we do this. Here it is in uh, in James chapter one, verse two, he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and then let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So you see, there is a reason for it. We have joy because we see what's on the other end of what's in our face right now that is calamity, that's distress, whatever that is. But on the other side of that, oh, glory to God, is God is producing perseverance in us and then and then creating um, uh, strength in us so that we will become more mature in him. And the more we become mature in him, the more we're able to see past what is going on right before our eyes to see what God is going to do. That's what David had to do. Once Abigail got his attention, he had to look past what had just happened because that was produced all that anger in him and to see what God wanted him to do. And when we can see what God wants us to do, that's what's going to bring us the joy in fulfilling the purpose that he's giving us to do. It'll, it will literally wipe out. And, I, and I'm not just saying this from reading the word. I mean, the word is powerful, but the word is active. It's alive. You know, the Bible tells us that, that the Bible, that the words of God are alive. They're sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. They, they cut down deep into the marrow of our bones. I mean, that's how deep his word goes and it speaks to us. And I've literally had lived what I'm sharing with you. Of course, I started off with, oh, this is rough. This is hard falling into times into deep depression once before. And, and the Lord brought me out of that because it's a very deep, dark, ugly place. And it's sometimes hard to get out of. Um, and it's good if you get therapy or help. My therapy was the Lord. And he helped me to get out of that. And, and I... I made a vow to never go back there again. And I'm grateful to the Lord for that, for keeping me strong. You know, he is my therapist. He is my everything. And um, he He has placed here on this earth people, though, with skills that can help us in these areas. So absolutely get help if you need it. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what God has placed them here for, that they're working in their gift and talent. But God helped me to be able to see beyond what's going on every time something happens. And, and listen, I promise you, it's on a regular basis. <laughs> but the joy of the Lord, it gives me the strength that I need. I, I remember a time we were going through a rough moment and when we had our bakery, my sisters and I in Raytown, and uh, we were struggling nearly the last four and a half years or so after Hurricane Katrina and um, there was no oppression going on. And we just didn't quite know what to do. And I'll never forget how God sent a group of people to us. And we were like figuring out, all right, do we just shut the doors? Do we, you know, uh, sell off things? We could not pay the bills as needed on time anymore. It was really a struggle. 
And I can understand what people, small businesses are dealing with right now with the plague that that is uh, that we're dealing with. But God uh, sent uh, like almost like an Abigail <laughs> to us. And uh, these were people that we had not seen before that came to the bakery. We knew all of our customers pretty much. And uh, they came, they were all dressed in their suits and ties. And, and there was a woman as well decked out. And uh, and they ordered a, uh, a different item off of our menu, all of the different sandwiches and the bread. And, and then they sat in our little small 30-seat dining area and they ate. And then they, they came back up to our uh, counter and said, hey, uh, we were sent here to come and get you. And... Uh, my sister uh, immediately came and got me and uh, Jackie, these people said, and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I'm, I was the spokesperson for our group. <laughs> and I said, what, what? And we were all standing around talking and they said, well, we're from Crown Center and uh, we have a need as well. Basically, we have a space uh, and they used to run the bakery there through the Hyatt Hotel. And they uh, no longer was able to sustain it. And they wanted uh, a unique uh, business. They did not want a chain. And that was always their philosophy to not bring in, at least they had a few there, but not a lot. And, and they wanted unique businesses there at the shop at Crown Center. And so they said, we, we would love for you to come. And, and we were just blown away. Uh, and we were like, well, all right, let's meet. And so we did. And we met with them in their beautiful, big office with a long, 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 long table <laughs> where we were seated and uh, their attorneys at the table and <laughs> little old us that had no attorneys. And as we went through this leasing agreement, this book that was thicker than my Bible <laughs> and not quite understanding everything and leasehold improvements and da 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 and what we're going to be doing and we're responsible for and they're responsible for and and uh, I knew we knew we needed a lawyer to help us but we had no money remember we could not afford that but God blessed us every step of the way he sent someone my sister knew someone that had a lawyer friend in Jeff City <laughs> and talked to him uh every time after every meeting and faxed him all of the agreement that they sent us and then he went through it with a fine tooth comb and every evening he would take time out from his family his hard work and sit on the phone with me for over an hour to go over what we needed to do look at god right I, I just still to this day, I, I just, ah, it, it amazes me and brings me pure joy and um, gratefulness. I'm always grateful for all that God has done and the people that he has used to help us. And when I would go back to the table uh, to sit with the lawyers, my sisters, and and I, I, I they probably thought I was pretty smart. <laughs> But I was not when it came to that. But God is the one that gets the glory. And I was able to share uh, in this, this, and this. We don't want that. No, we would rather have this. And I did everything that the lawyer told me to do. And we came to an agreement. And after that, they said they, sh you know, they had already took us on a tour. And everything we needed, we had already outgrown anyway where we were in Raytown. But the kitchen was like a dream kitchen for a baker. It, it was just 
the walk-in refrigerator, walk-in freezer. It, it was worth <laughs> what we could not even imagine we could get in the little space we had in Raytown. Uh, I got several burn marks on my arms now from the the way that the the um, I had to pull things out of the oven and the short distance between the oven and the wall. If you weren't careful, the pan would hit your your um, arms when you're pulling it out because you just didn't have much space to back up. So I had lots of those till we got smart and got long gloves. But anyway. <laughs> God blessed us, and uh, they said we're gonna pay fifty thousand uh, to get do a build out for you. Everything looked beautiful, but to make it your own and uh, to put in more electrical to accommodate all of your equipment. So we had two separate spaces. We had our retail space, which was about um, eight hundred square feet, and then we had our kitchen, y'all. That was about uh, over like two thousand square feet. It was huge. And the oven, oh my goodness, it was a rotating rack oven that you could literally walk into like a shower. <laughs> it was huge and we were able to bake at least 50 to 80 dozen dinner rolls at a time. It was unbelievable where we were able to only bake maybe 20 dozen at a time in Raytown. So, you know, our capacity level uh, stepped up um, and this 50,000, they said, oh yeah, and you would only have to pay 10,000. We didn't have it. <laughs> we just said, okay, God provided every step of the way. And I'm so grateful to God for that experience. We were there for five years. And I will tell you this, they, out of the landlords that we had dealt with, they were the best landlords you could ever have. And God blessed us immensely. Near the end, it got rough. Um, because they began to do uh, rehab work on to bring in Nordstrom's. And uh, a lot of our uh, clients, which were business people in the area, could not take the shortcut to get in. So many of uh, the restaurants suffered, and our bakery did as well. Uh, and we knew that we did not want to renew the agreement. Uh, they wanted us to stay, and, and we were honored, but we knew that it just wasn't going to be feasible. Um, we were already struggling near the end. So we also still owed them money, and uh, God also made a way there. We sold our equipment after doing that and met with a lawyer who was wonderful that was our our who was the person that we would report to uh, whenever we needed anything or or had a, had uh, had some questions, and anyway, he said, "We'll just sell what you got and bring back to the table, and we'll talk what you what you sold and to settle the, everything." And when we left, we still probably owed um, several, like ten thousand, maybe. Um, and uh, I, we, my sister and I, said, "Well, we've got a plan to pay that back. We'll once we get our jobs, we'll make payments." And and at the end, uh, I'll never forget this. He said, don't worry about it. The, your debt has been basically erased. We will settle and you owe us nothing. Oh my goodness, what a blessing. And we were just sitting at the table in awe and tears and said, what? He said, no, you're fine. And, and it just, uh, anyway, yeah, I thank God uh, for the people uh, that he's put in our lives, how... Um, you know, a lot of times you you just you just don't know how God is going to do it, and it may seem like there's no hope, but God always makes hope for us. And continue uh, to keep your joy. Don't don't get hopeless. He's going to work it out for you. 
All right, joy, the, the joy of the Lord will give you the strength to do that. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Oh, glory to God. The angels are rejoicing because of you. That's the ultimate right there. Having Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBitesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E-B, J-A-C-K-I-E-B, like boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Uh, Also, you can check us out on any of the other podcast outlets. And please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. And receive the four Greek words for love and learn more about that unconditional love. Ah, there's nothing like it. God's agape love. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day. Fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.